0: Man, I'm just so aware this morning um, of, while we were worshiping, just the Holy Spirit and what the Lord wants to come and impart into us. And uh, Sundays can be a challenge for me with preaching because I am somebody that always wants to speak to where we're at. And so I often am like, God, what is happening at the moment and how can we put something in your people that will help us to live out our Christian walk in our daily lives in Sunningdale, Table View, the west coast of Cape Town. And um, and for a while now, it's been a week or two, I've been feeling like there's this direction, and my wife re-emphasized it, and the elders re-emphasized it, about this value of prayer. And for us as a congregation, prayer is a value. And I was like, okay, but this is a little bit of a boring topic. Um, I like to do the really fun stuff. Let's talk about something super intense. And I was like... I don't want to do the basics. I sometimes feel like we all know it all. And there's just been this reiterance of, I want you to talk about prayer. I want you to talk about prayer. And then this morning I got up early and I was like, okay, Lord, but why? What is it? And I felt like this is the title of what I want to preach about this morning. I feel like I want to preach about the power to bring change. Do you know that you, as an unsaved person, or even as a believer, have the power to bring change. I was like, huh, what? What is going on? And I want to show you how you have the power to bring change. Do you know that this morning as you sit right now, you are made up of, there is something that has contributed towards where you are right now. And it is your parents, it is your upbringing, it is where you grew up has determined a bit of your Your mannerisms, a bit of the way you speak. For example, Tony and Joe, you can never take a burger out of Boxburg. There's no burger like a Boxburger. We are what we have lived through. The trauma that you have experienced in your life, the victories that you've experienced in your life, the good things, the bad things, everything you have lived through is what has shaped you. And as you sit there today, that is who you are. You are all your lived experience, right now. And if nothing changes, there is a certain trajectory to your life which will carry on the way it is. But do you know that your past and all that has made you who you are today is not what determines your future? Your future is made up of how you make decisions moving forward. And you can either go with history and your patterns and your lifestyles and everything that you know, or you can actually choose differently. And so I wanted to bring the fact that actually your life and who you are and what God is, because even as you sit there, you have a predisposition or a certain way of thinking about prayer. And so even the disciples had this. The disciples in Jesus' time, they would have grown up uh, and they would have learned the Torah. They would have learned things off by heart. they They were very religious. They would have known they had specific prayers that they had to pray at specific times. And they knew all about prayer growing up. By 12, they had prayer as a religious activity waxed. And yet this is where we find ourselves this morning in Luke chapter 11, verse 1. And it starts like this. And one day, Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he had finished, and this is the picture that I want you to see, Jesus is praying, and he's just sent his disciples out, he's done all these miracles, he's done par- He's taught these parables, he's wild people, God, Jesus has literally been the son of God, and, and his disciples see him praying, and when he was finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Because their experience of what prayer was, their understanding of what prayer was, and what Jesus doing was completely different. And there was something when they saw what Jesus was doing, they go to the, They could have said, "Lord, teach us to heal, teach us to teach, teach us to preach. We want the good stuff." Lord, teach us to be amazing worshippers. Teach us to be charismatic. Teach us. no, no, no. Teach us to pray. Why? Prayer is the power to bring change. For the unbeliever, you can cry out in prayer, in a prayer of faith, in response to salvation, and your life will be changed forever. Prayer is not, if, if I had to ask most of us, what is prayer? Our standard would be, it's, it's how we talk to God. It is. If I had to ask you an honest question, don't put your hands up. How many of us as Christians struggle with prayer? Majority would be like, who feels like their prayer life could improve? Who feels like there's something in their prayer life that needs to grow? Most of us go, me. What if I had to tell you that It's the access to bring, it's the power to bring change. That prayer is not just my daily routine of keeping Jesus current with what's going on in my life. Because that's how we sometimes think. When we say my prayer life is struggling, it means I haven't told them what's going on or asked them to fix some stuff lately. Am I right? It's like I haven't checked in with him. That's my prayer life. It's like, hey God, no, no, no. Prayer, li- prayer is not how we check in and just maintain things. Prayer is God has given us the power to bring change in our life and around us in other people's lives and in every situation. Not there. Cool. One amen would work. Just one. But isn't prayer so obvious? Isn't prayer just talking to God? Isn't prayer just? No, guys, it's so much more. And when you believe it so much more, it becomes so much easier to be a praying person, somebody who loves prayer and wants to pray and looks forward to praying all the time. And this is not prayer. I just prayed for you. Because that's what we do. Hey, guys, please help. Granny fell down the stairs. She needs help. What's that praying hands? Praying for you. And then in our mind, we're like, God help, granny. Don't even say anything. We just. And so we actually live in a culture where praying for you means I'm I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about you. And then you bring that into a Christian walk and it becomes like, oh no, I don't I don't have times of prayer with God. I live in prayer. Or do you walk around going like, Lord Jesus, I thank you for today and what you've done. Because that's amazing. No, what we mean is I walk around thinking a lot. Always, I'm, I'm doing what Paul commanded. I'm living constantly in prayer in my mind, not saying anything. And then as a believer, we wonder why. When there is things in our life going on, when we are desperate for God to intervene, when we need His miraculous power and nothing's happening and we go, but God doesn't answer prayer. And I'm saying, because we're not praying. Because we're walking around pondering. (laughs) And so Jesus' disciples see this. They see that when He prays, things happen that there's demons that they're trying to cast out that they can't cast out. And Jesus says, only by prayer and fasting can you get rid of this. What does that mean? What, what was the method? The method is that only by asking God can this, pe- this person find freedom. Because prayer is on... It's not about the faith that we pray with. It's not about... The vigor, which with we, Jesus even rebukes him. Don't stand there waffling like you think you know something. That's what the religious do. Oh, Father God, come this morning. And you're, like, that's great, but that's not where the power is. The power is in the person that's on the receiving end of what you're praying for. That it's very simple. Jesus, I need you right now. Love sucks. Please help. Send help. I'm being serious. Business is done. Please help me. Joe, can you come here quickly? Can you just tell us your little cheeky journal story with your house? It's a great illustration.
1: Cool. So, just as a little side note, I've always struggled to concentrate praying. Uh, My mind really wanders off um, the minute I start, so I've made it a habit to actually journal my prayers, and then, yeah, so obviously our transition from Benoni to um, Cape Town means selling our house, and I've been journaling my prayers and the whole process, and um, one of our biggest hurdles was selling our house. Um, So on the Wednesday, I was praying about all sorts of other things. And then I said, and Lord, I wrote this all down. I've got the journal to prove it. (laughs) On the Wednesday, I prayed and I said to the Lord, Lord, I really am not less for this to be a long process. We want to get to Cape Town, but this house is such a hurdle. So I literally wrote in my prayer journal, I said, Lord, could you help me with this? Could you send the first person to, to, who comes and views the house, the first and only person uh, to be the buyer, could they um, put in a full price, full asking price, and could it be a cash offer? And I put a little smiley face next to it, okay. and I left it there. And um, knowing that the Lord can do whatever he wants to do, and really hoping that he was going to do that for me, <laughs> And then on the Saturday, we got a a buyer, a a viewer, to come and have a look at the house. And Tones and I were sitting outside, and um, the agent comes out, she runs out, she says, sit tight, I'm just fetching my offer to purchase book. I'm like, what? She says, and guess what? It's a full price cash offer. I'm like, I just started crying. I'm like, Lord, you have answered the prayer that I prayed.
0: there's this super interesting phrase that is mentioned in the Bible and it's, you you don't have because you don't ask. And so sometimes we see prayer as this sanctimonious hurdle that I need to do to be, wear a white shirt and be righteous before Jesus. I need to do this to be a Christian and to be accepted and to be okay in his books. And God's like, That's not the point. I want to answer the things that you ask for. But if you don't ask me. And so in our Bible, our Bibles are given to teach us the truth about who God is. I want to give you a few illustrations in the Bible where God was going to do this. And somebody prayed and he said, okay, cool. I won't do that. Then I'll do this. But we're so used to just living through what's going on in our lives. We're so used to just going with the drum. Oh, I've lost my job, and now I don't know what I'm going to do. And I really hope people are going to help me. And da-da-da-da. Ask God. Get on your knees. Ask Him. God, would you help me? Could you give me a job? Could you come through for me? My finances are ruined. I'm in debt. Save. Please send help. And a bank statement. Like, help me out. Transfer. I'm sick, I'm dying, please help. Can we turn my mic down just a smidgen? Nick is on sound, that's very weird. I don't know what to do with this. (laughs) Nick, You turned it too far down. But there's this aspect of like, the power to bring change has been so easily given to you. Let me read you a story. I'm going to go to the 2 Kings 21. Okay, so 2 Kings 20, verse 1 to 6. In those days, Hezekiah became ill and was at the point of death. The king of Israel, the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went to him and said, This is what the Lord says. Now, I just want you to know, as a prophetic word, we would probably receive this as, Thank you, Lord, for seeing ahead and helping me. To Hezekiah, a prophet is coming, and the Lord is speaking. Who of you, when a prophet speaks, not like somebody who's like, hey, listen, I think there could be. This is a prophet, the guy who speaks on behalf of God to his people in the Old Testament. He comes to you and he says this, put your house in order. Not a great opening line. Most of us are like, uh-oh. Because you are going to die. This is not, this is what I, Hezekiah, think is going to happen. The prophet says, this is what God says. Put your house in order. You are going to die. You will not recover. End. Prophet turns away and he walks out. There wasn't like the love sandwich, like, hey Hezekiah, how are you doing? You're like a good. Uh, you've been doing really well as a king lately, and you've got such good character. And um, God says, put your house in order, you're gonna die. But he really loves you and he wants to help you, and it's direct. From the mouth of God, get things sorted. You're going to die. And wait, he crushes the hope. You will not recover. How many of us at that point would just be like, I'm out. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to go find a hole and bury myself and be done. God doesn't even say that and we do that. Our circumstances look fatalistic and terminally and people see load shedding in the country and oh, what's going? And we're just like, oh, well, I'm going to start digging the hole, start heaping. I'm just going to get negative and upset with what's going on and moan about it and woe is me and pity and just wait to die. And God hasn't even said that. But this is what Hezekiah does. Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and he prayed to the Lord. Remember, Lord, how I walked with you, how I walked before you faithfully and with wholehearted devotion. And I've done what's good in your eyes. That's all he said. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Before Isaiah had left the middle court, the word of the Lord came to him. Go back. (laughs) What? (laughs) That could be quite awkward if if you get that word wrong. Most of the times when you get a prophetic word wrong, it's like it's a little bit of pastoring needed. But if the prophetic word is you will die and not recover, that's quite a big one to come back from. And he says to him, go back. Not go back, you've got it wrong. He says to him, Go back and tell Hezekiah, the ruler of my people. This is what the Lord, the God of your father David says. I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Notice this. This is not how Hezekiah prayed. And carried on with his day. No, no, no. He engaged with God. He spoke out. He cried. He knelt in the corner. I've heard your prayer, seen your tears. I will heal you. Amen. On the third day from now, you will go up to the temple of the Lord. I will add 15 years to your life, and I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria. I will defend this city for my sake and for the sake of my servant David. And God takes a fatal, sad end of story ending, and he says, Because you prayed, I will change everything. We have the power to change. We have the power. Prayer is the power to change. To change your life. To change circumstances around you. To change what's happening to other people. God has given us prayer. In Jonah 3, it's another story. I'm going to give you the... Jonah, we all know him, running away. Jesus, God says to him, go to Nineveh. Tell them I'm I'm done with them. I'm going to end them. Jonah's like, I can't tell them that. They're going to kill me. So he runs away and hides. Gets on a boat. Gets thrown in. Gets eaten by a whale. Three days. vomited out. It takes a lot to get him to go and deliver the message. He gets there. He tells them, your violence, your murdering, your slurring, your of worship, all of these things, God is going to wipe you out. And the people turn, they rip their clothes, they repent, they cry out to him, God changes his mind. Okay, fine, I won't ruin you anymore, I'll prosper you, I'll save you, I'll reach out to you. You can accept the status quo of your life and everything that has happened to you and why you are where you are right now. You can just accept that as this is me, this is my life and this is how I'm going to be Forever all you can realize this morning that there is the power to change and it's right inside of you and it just has to come out of you when you're stuck in habitual sin and, and you can't get free and you keep living out the same patterns and you keep doing the same things there is the power to change and it's in your mouth speak it out God I'm sorry forgive me help me Change me, give me a new heart. Forgive me. Come on. Change. God. New Testament says, "I will put in you a new heart. I will make you a new creation." Sure.
2: Come
0: on. Sometimes I, if I look from an objective perspective and I look at Christians I sometimes believe that we believe in fate and good luck more than a a loving father who's sitting in heaven watching over us because so often we just rather roll the dice of chance and see what happens or see how our life is going to end up or try and self-will a change and that's how we live it out instead of crying out to God and asking him If you believe that prayer is the power to change, it will change the way you pray. It will change your desire to pray. If I had to tell you this morning, listen, it's an inside thing, only pastors know about this, I'm going to let you into a little inner circle. I can give you a little thing that you can ask anything of God and he will hear you. Be like, okay, what is that? Just ask him. But what happens when it doesn't work out? It's so strange because this is how Jesus teaches his disciples to pray. If we go to Luke, Luke 11 verse one. Yeah, Dan, I've tried this. I prayed once. We do that. There was one time when things were going really bad and I said, God, won't you do something about it? And nothing happened. You see, prayer doesn't work. So he says this to them. Teach us to pray, they say, just as John's disciples said, verse two, this is how you should pray. Okay, so now we normally read this as a little thing. Jesus is about to teach them. Okay, fine. I'm gonna show you how you should pray and then I'm gonna show you how you should pray. So the one is, this is the things you should be speaking and asking about. And then this is how you ask. So it says this, Father, may not your name be kept holy. Or that's the NLT. The, other, the NIV would say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food we need. And we can go into explanations of, we start off by glorifying God. And then we ask him to provide for our needs. He says, ask me. If you have needs, ask him. May your kingdom come soon. You're coming back again. Help us to be ready for you to come back. Give us each day the food we need. Forgive us sins. And forgive those whose sins against us. Don't let us give into temptation." Then teaching them more about prayer. This is still about prayer. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread and you say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out for his bedroom. Don't bother me. The door is locked for the night and my family are all in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for your friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, what is going on here? Jesus is saying, hey, listen, this is how I want you to pray. If your friend is like, no, sorry, I can't help you. Even your friend, if you knock long enough, is going to come to the door. He's telling them to do this. If you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. And so I tell you, keep on asking. Your Dan, this is like faith. This is prosperity gospel. No, it's not. This is just the Bible. Keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Oh, but Dan, can you just balance this quickly? Because what about when God doesn't answer? I'm not even going there because we don't even ask. We don't ask because like is oh, not going to answer. But you haven't asked. Oh no, I have. I did once. Okay, ca- ask him for six months. Come back to me. No, but I asked him once. Jesus said, If you want to pray like I do. You read through the New Testament, you watch how often Jesus withdrew and he prayed. He withdrew and he prayed. He withdrew and he prayed. And then when they say, okay, teach us to do that, he says, just keep doing it. Keep asking, keep knocking, keep seeking. Don't settle. Don't settle for this is my life, this is how it will be, this is who I always will be, this is how it's going to play out. You could think that way. Or today, you could make a decision that changes your future, which is that I'm gonna ask him and I'm gonna keep asking him, and when I don't hear anything, I'm gonna ask him again. I don't have faith in faith. Some people, when people preach about prayer, they talk about the faith with which you pray is so important. That's great. The faith in who you pray to is really important. It's about the fact that the one, do you believe that the one you're asking is able to fulfill what you're asking? That's faith. Okay, God, I do believe. I I believe you could come through for me. I don't know how you would, but I do believe you could. That's called faith. That's like when you're a sinner and you come to Jesus and you say, I didn't see you on a cross. I didn't see you get beaten. I didn't see you get whipped and flogged. I didn't see you live a perfect life. But I believe that you did. And I believe that you died. And I believe that you rose again. And I believe that you're the son of God. And you're now seated at the right hand of God. And I believe that if I appeal to you and I ask you, because you did all the things that you said you did, I can be forgiven for the fact that I slept with my girlfriend yesterday. I can be forgiven for the fact that I've been involved in drugs. I can be forgiven for the fact that I have hurt people and gossiped and slandered and abused my family and, and, and scolded and, and mocked the name of God and scoffed him and, and lived a life of just pleasure. I believe you can forgive me because of what you did. That's the prayer of faith. So this morning, I'm going to, I feel like I've taken enough time to explain why we should be praying. And I just want to, a few minutes, I want to talk about practically. As a believer, I'm asking you, ask him, not inside your mouth. Hmm. It doesn't work like that. There's so many other scriptures that I wanted to go through about the New Testament when the church came together to pray together. As, as a church, we want to be those that pray together. But do you know what happens every time we have a prayer meeting? I've visited most of your comms and I've been in this church long enough to know it's a bit of a weird thing for me but I'm getting used to it. Hopefully not. We go, guys, we're going to pray and then everybody stands around. Okay, cool. Mm. And It's weird. When we pray together, pray like someone is hearing. Speak out like there's somebody listening. When you, when you pray like this, I promise you, I promise you, there is power in praying. Praying is not spiritual thinking. That is not prayer. Everyone's like, no, I don't agree with you. The Bible does not say, and Think. And keep on thinking about it and don't and live your life in unceasing thinking prayer is an active speaking to God in the same way that you speak to people when we pray speak to God like he's a person like there's, like there is someone at the end of your prayer that's why Declan shouts the way he does he believes he's being heard and he believes God's got slightly hearing problems Just teasing. (laughs) Speak out to him. When you pray as a community, don't let one person... Okay, you pray, then you pray, then you pray, then I'll pray, then we pray. And we all wait to see, oh, how much does this person... What's their theology like? Let's listen to the way they pray to see if this is... If they know... It doesn't matter. Don't be like the religious. They have these long prayers that say, oh, God... Can be this simple, Jesus, I love you. I need you right now. Could you come and help me i 'm struggling with anger. Would you first of all forgive me? I believe you can forgive me, and will you help me to be different that 's the power to change. Then do you know what you do? You get angry that afternoon. Do know what you do after that? You do it again. you keep knocking jesus i 'm sorry, I did it again i 'm angry. please forgive me, help me. Help me to change. Keep knocking. Keep asking. Keep seeking. Don't stop. There is a power to change. And don't sit on the sidelines, looking in, and going, he doesn't answer my prayers. There's a reason you got there. Disappointment, hope deferred, shyness, embarrassment, your personality, your parents. There's a reason you don't like to pray out loud. Don't let that be what shapes your future. Actively make a decision to be different. Yeah, but I'm a quiet person. Thank goodness that God's not a quiet God. I am also an introvert. I promise you. Ask my wife, this stuff kills me. My happy place on my own. I love being alone and thinking, not praying, thinking. Speak out. Because when you just sit around with this internal prayer voice that never does anything, you even start to confuse yourself into thinking, he doesn't hear me anymore, and he doesn't... Listen, the Bible says... Don't take so long like God doesn't know what you're saying. He knows exactly what you want to ask for before you even ask for it. That's not why we speak. Prayer is speaking out because it's us engaging with Him. So when we pray, please, let's not have corporate thinking meetings or community thinking times or ponder. There is a time for stillness. There's a time for what people call contemplative prayer, where you're sitting on your own, doing nothing, and you're thinking about God. That's amazing. That's wonderful. But that's not praying, asking, seeking, knocking. You've got such a good Father who wants to give you good things. That was my sense during worship this morning, as we were singing the gospel how precious is the blood (laughs) washed me white as snow listen of everyone here I'm the worst I'm the least deserving but when I see that when I sing that the same as when we worship landing six minutes ago now four minutes to go I want to Speak this out of an observation this morning for your sake, not for mine. The way you worship doesn't affect me. My worship to Jesus comes from within me because I believe He saved me, He set me free, He put a joy in my spirit, He gave me a reason to be alive. That is reflected in how I worship. If you call yourself a believer, Please don't spectate when you worship him and think in the same way that when you contemplative pray that that's praying. Worship, it's called the altar. That means where you come to do uncomfortable things. The altar is not a lazy boy. It's a hard, terrible object on which things die. We sing songs like on the altar of our praise, would there be no other name? On the, oh, on the uncomfortableness of me singing your name in public with us. Worship is not just singing. Worship is living that life that is willing to uncomfortably be offered up all the time. Worship together is a part of that. Praying together is a part of that. And so I know this is such a basic preach. I know this is something we all know but Jesus, but there's this reminder, the same as the disciples knew, and then they said, oh, but would you teach us to have what you have? This morning, Jesus wants us to have what he had when he was here, and he walked, and it's this, speak, ask, the power to change. Even if you're unsaved this morning, you have the power to change your destiny, and it's in a prayer of faith. Michael, you can come up to I'm going to tell you a tiny story as we respond this morning why it's so significant for me is if you're a parent you'll understand that one of the things that we ask for most because i was such a terrible child one of the things that we ask for most is our children's salvation i don't care and you can slate me for this i don't care about the education I don't care about their financial status. I don't care about setting them up with a cushy future. I don't care about making sure that they get through university. I care about their salvation. It's the thing I want most for my children because everything else could get taken away from them. I can't give them the life that I want for them because they live In a terrible world, full of terrible things, with terrible people like you and me. And I can't protect them from that. But I know the one who can. You guys, there is an enemy out there who wants to kill you. He doesn't want to just ruin your bank account, he wants to kill you you're stuck in sin because he wants to kill you, you're stuck in bad habits because he wants to get rid of you you can't break free because he doesn't want you to break free and he will consistently come against you all the time in your physical health, you will experience it we, I've watched countless of close friends, we were in an eldest meeting and I told the elders, crying I'm like guys, there are people in the congregation can we pray for them because they're up against it But we have the power to change. We have the power to see God set people free. This morning, He wants to set you free, but you have to speak it out. You have to pray. You have to ask Him. He wants to change your life. He wants to work in your situation. He wants to come, and He wants to help. He's a good Father. He loves you. I wonder if we can stand. Lord Jesus I feel like um, I want to start here this morning I feel like there's an element of freedom and discontentment with our current situation and wanting a better hope and a better future and wanting God to bring change you want that this morning i want to pray with you can you please lift your hands i'd love to pray with you i'd love to pray that god will come in our situation where we don't see the art that he would come and make a way if we need that miraculous power that changes things changes us and changes our circumstances father you see us You know our hearts. You know the things we ask for before we ask for them. Would you come and would you move? Would you act? Would you move on our behalf? Would you save us? Would you set us free? For those that are standing saying, I'm stuck in sin, would you bring freedom this morning, right now, Jesus? For those that are stuck in financial ruin, set them free. Do a miracle. For those that are without hope, would you bring hope again? Marriages that are falling apart, would you be the rock? Would you speak into our hearts? Jesus, you told us that we can ask for your spirit, and you will give him to us. Would you pour out your spirit right now on us? Would you fill us again? Would you give us faith again? Like the disciples, when they said, help my unbelief, would you help our unbelief? For those that are physically struggling, would you bring your healing right now by your supernatural power, Jesus? Father, would our past not be the thing that shapes our future, but the fact that we have access to a God who can do the impossible? I pray for those of us that have been stuck in a rut that just goes around and around and around and our our life, nothing is changing. Would you bring change this morning, Lord Jesus?
2: feel for some of us this morning the lord wants to give to give you a new identity that your identity would be christian that you belong to him christian means a little anointed one you belong to christ and he wants to do that for you this morning if you will accept him so with every head bowed i want to give that opportunity if you're saying this morning i want to identify as god's child as a christian i want you to put up your hand with me now Is there anyone this morning you're saying, I want to be identified as God's child, as Christian, as a Christian? Wait a few more seconds. There's no rush.
0: another word brought now just of um, that we need to ask God for joy because there's so many of us that have just lost our joy I want to reiterate this morning that what Declan just said that is the source of our joy our salvation is the reason why we have joy but Father would you come and fill us with your joy again yes Lord. Lord, that in our worship and in our praise and in our, in our lives and as we leave you, Lord, for those that are struggling with depression, and would you bring your joy this morning, yes, Jesus? Lord. God, we want to keep asking and knocking and seeking for those that are struggling with just negative mindsets and everything's always going to hell. That you would bring your joy this morning. Help us to see you the way you are. This incredible loving God who have this privilege to serve and love and pursue and become like him.